take a moment and pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're meeting us here right now in this moment. Thank you that we have the privilege and honor to worship you and meet you in a time of praise and adoration. Lord, thank you that your word is living and true. And uh, Father, that we meet you in your word. Lord, thank you that you give yourself and you're made known to us in the breaking of the bread. Father, we want to meet you right now in this moment, different than we met you yesterday, because we want to be changed as a result of meeting you now. Transform us and change us in your presence, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we spoke about the kingdom of God was this wedding feast, this banquet that was prepared, and really about an invitation that God brings forth for us to come into this relationship with who he is. And he does that through his son, Jesus. He makes this invitation. In that parable, uh, Jesus was talking directly to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders. And the truth was they were rejecting that very invitation that God was extending of who Christ was. They were rejecting the Messiah. And, and Jesus makes this invitation for us to come, that the, the banquet is set. And those around him we're looking for a reason to disprove who he was. And that continues in today's gospel reading. When we look at today's reading, you have um, this challenge that they, they go off and, and the Pharisees, the Herodians, who didn't really get along with each other, but yet they're plotting for the same plot to disprove who Jesus is. And they go away into a holy huddle and they come up with the magical question that will truly stump him. But truth is, you can't stump Jesus. I don't know if you know that or not kind of knows everything. And, and he comes back and he answers the question, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and what? Render to God what is God. Matter of fact, it's more important that you understand that you render to God what is God's first. And then everything else will follow that. And, and there's this challenge. There's, there's this reason to disprove. Yet, if we understand that God makes his invitation for us to come... Truly what we're understanding is that he desires for us to be in this relationship with him. And our relationship comes through knowing who Christ is and what he did for us. So what I want to talk about this morning, in the next two weeks we're going to deal with building healthy relationships. Isn't that fun? The reason we need to, to look at this is because we already know what dysfunctional relationships look like. We've got, I don't got to teach on that. That we, we know where, where the breakdown is and, and the disconnect is and, and the problems lie. And, and one of the reasons that we come to the Lord is to figure out how do we have that healthy relationships with others. But more importantly, what does a healthy relationship look like with him? And building healthy relationships is essential to discipleship. That they're one and the same. That that comes together as a disciple of Christ. See, a growing disciple builds healthy relationships with others. That's what a growing disciple looks like. That there's this continuum of building healthy relationships around them. And God's design for man was to be in a relationship with him first. Created in his image and he designed us in that image and he's, he's called us to be in this relationship with him first. And he's given us something called what? Free will. It's not forced upon us. It's something that, that we can choose to respond in that relationship with who he is. He gives us that, that, that ability to respond. But his design was for relationship with him and then second with relationships with others. Christianity is a relationship-driven way that we worship in our faith. It's not a faith of isolation. 
And it starts with the creator. And if we look at the creation story, in Genesis, God creates and says it is good, right? When, when he begins to form and shape the earth, he, the, he comes forth and says it is good. But when it comes to man, he makes one statement that's a little bit different. And what he says in Genesis 2.18, he says that, and the Lord God said it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him, what? A helper comparable to him. That's not good for man to be alone. We know that God causes Adam to fall into a deep sleep, takes out a rib, and he creates what? Woman. Because it's not good for man to be alone. That he's going to bring us to a place to understand a covenant of a relationship to be lived out with one another and a covenant in a relationship to be lived out with him. And for Adam's building a healthy relationship literally starts inward with the removal of his rib. And it begins in this inward understanding before we can go outward. Our inward relationship with the Lord will reflect our outward relationships with others. That we're wired to be in a relationship with God. You're wired that way. And that he's created us in that way that we should be responding in that relationship with who he is, that we should be responding with one another in that relationship because we're designed that way to be relational people. Matter of fact, we're designed in such a way to be in that relationship with him, with one another, that we are this community in Christ that he brings together that looks very different than any other community in the world. There's a lot of different community groups you could join, but they're not going to look like what this community looks like. And he's designed it for us to come together. And we'll not succeed in a healthy relationship with our family members, with our children, with our spouses, if we don't first have a healthy relationship with the Lord. That's where it begins. We have to look inward before we can look outward. We have to, so you can say this morning, this is all about me. You don't get to hear that a lot. But this morning, this is all about me. But it's all about me because it's all about the Lord and it's about a relationship that he desires. And I have to look inward. It's how we develop that inward relationship with the Lord that will determine that outward success, that outward relationship with others. That, that's what's going to shape and mold those very things. That you can't put the outward relationships first but we have to put the inward one first with him. It's how we develop that inward relationship with him. So there's four signs of a healthy relationship with God that I want to share with you. There's four signs that will show that we have a healthy relationship with the Lord. He made an invitation. He invites us to the banquet, brings us to this place where we can have a relationship with our creator. And there's signs that should be visible. The first sign is forgiveness. Forgiveness is seeking the pardoning of our offenses and not getting what we truly deserve. Say that's good news. But that's forgiveness. And in this forgiveness, we're, we're coming to the Lord. Our relationship can't be healthy if there's no forgiveness. That we can't be, we can't be reconciled to God and seek him for our forgiveness if, if, if we haven't come to him first to understand that's where it begins in that place. And in Acts 2.19 
right after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes, his promise comes, uh, and, and, and God empowers his people. He empowers the church for this greater work that's going to continue. And Acts is still being lived out in our lives today as we continue. If they were going to continue the book, it's still being written as his church is being developed. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples to go now and bring the church outward into others' lives. And Peter begins to preach the sermon of his life. He's on fire for the Lord. He's filled with the Spirit, a power that was different than previous in that moment. And when he goes, he begins to preach the gospel message. And in the gospel message, this is what he brings forth to all those who are gathering and that would listen. He says, repent, therefore, and be converted. Now, most of us would hear that and go, I'm going home. But Peter's saying it's good news. I'm telling you that this is good news. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Why? That your sins may be blotted out, so that a time of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. And if you're not walking in a time of refreshing with the Lord, it's because there hasn't been repentance. Because we're unwilling to turn. We're unwilling to lay down those things that we've put his barriers before the Lord that's blocked that relationship that he so desires when all we have to do is turn, when all we have to do is surrender. And we can begin to live this life in a refreshing of who he is. And that refreshing continues each and every day because each and every day I could seek his forgiveness and he meets me in that place. Ultimately, I know what he's done for me in my life. But I've got to continue to work on that relationship and I want to walk each day in that newness of who he is in that relationship, that I could be refreshed in knowing what he's done for me and what he continues to do for me. See, it's God's kindness and love towards us that leads to repentance and forgiveness. It's not God's wrath and judgment. It's his loving kindness towards us that leads us to that place of repentance to turn. So forgiveness is going to be key. Here's the thing we've got to realize. If we're, doing, if we're looking inward first, God doesn't need our forgiveness. We need his. That we're coming to him, seeking out that relationship for what he's done for us. So we have to turn from that way in life, and then we begin to walk in this refreshed, renewed, transformed life that he brings to us. So forgiveness is a sign of building a healthy relationship with the Lord. Second is love. Love is the key attribute of God. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Sounds simple, right? It's that key attribute of love. God is what, church? Love. So that means we've got to abide in God. And when we abide in God, we're abiding in his love. That we're in that relationship with who he is. And he brings us to that place because God is love. And his love for us was demonstrated on a cross. It was through the sacrifice of his son Jesus who died for us on that cross so that we could be forgiven for those sins. He brings us to that place. And when we look to that cross, what we should see is the greatest love ever given to mankind that was done for us. But love is that thing that draws us to that place. It's a sign. It becomes visible. We show our love for God through different ways. One of the ways that we're responding to God's love is through our worship as we gather together today. 
that we set apart a day that is holy so that we can be in the presence of our Creator. And, and we, we set aside to worship Him because of love. And then because of that love, it, it makes me respond that I want to obey the things that He's commanded me or called me to do. That I want to be obedient as a result of that love that's in my life. And then that love of who He is in my life lets me go into other people's lives and connect them to that love, that I can show that love to those that I encounter along the way. But love becomes this visible sign as a result of building a healthy relationship with the Lord. 1 John 4.19 says this, We love him, why? Because he first loved us. Wait a minute, Lord. You mean you loved me before I loved you? Yes. You mean you loved me when I was the furthest point in my life from you? Yes. That he first loved us. And we love him because he first loved us. See, no one can make you love God. Did you know that? We can try with our children. You will love God. You will go to church. Shield goes up. Deflect, deflect, deflect. Because no one can force that. When we discover he first loved us is when we encounter that love. That he's been there all along for our lives. And then we, we, we begin to understand that. But no one can make us love God. We love God because he first loved us. And we respond to that love as a result of who he is. We respond to that love because of what he's done in our lives. We allow that love into our lives. And it's such good news that he loved me before I loved him. Because if he didn't love me first, I don't know if I ever would have found him or encountered him or have known what true love was all about. But he extended that invitation and his love for me and his love for us, that we know that. The third sign is communication. That, that building a healthy relationship takes communication. Communication is essential. Where marriage begins to fail is because of lack of communication. Where relationships begin to break down and fail, it's lack of communication. Where organizations fail, it's because of lack of communication. That communication is essential. And matter of fact, they say that you can't communicate enough. That you have to over-communicate the things that you're trying to communicate. Does that make sense? In a church setting, if you're putting forth a vision or a mission that, that, that we're understanding the very purposes why God's called us together, they say that you have to say it seven times before they've heard it once. And I know that to be true. And that you, it has to continue. And, and there, people will ask me something. I'm like, we've been talking about that for a year. Well, it's new to me. I guess i got to say it seven more times then but that we're communicating. And, and we're brought to this place for this communication. That communication is prayer. And that allows us to draw closer to God in that relationship. See, prayer creates a pathway of a conversation with God that's allowing for us for talking and listening to take place. It creates a supernatural pathway that, that we're able to connect with the Lord in a way that we couldn't connect before. And he invites us into that communication, into that place. The result of that relationship is that God gives us a strength and a knowledge and a wisdom that we didn't have previous to that moment. That he invites us into that place, but it's going to take that communication so there's not a failure and breakdown. 
but that I have to respond, that I have to come to him in that way to build a healthy relationship with the Lord, it's going to take that response or that, that ability to come and allow me to draw closer to him in that place of prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Do you want to see great and mighty things in your life that you do not know? I think so, maybe. Yes, yes. I want to see all the great and mighty things that you have in store, Lord. What they could possibly be. Beyond my imagination, what that would be. But if I don't call to him, how will I know? I won't know. I'm trusting someone who I'm sitting next to. Maybe they'll tell me. Or someone else in my life. Why would I take everyone else's advice first before I come to the Lord? Yet he wants us to call to him because he wants to reveal those very things. He wants to communicate for us to listen, to have that conversation. And the promise is that when we call to him, he will answer us. And allow that to take place so that he can reveal these great and mighty things which we did not know. And I'm so excited that I made a decision to call on him each and every day. That, that I don't know where I would be as a, a result of that lack of communication. But I know as a result of having communication with God, not just daily, not just hour by hour, sometimes moment by moments, but I know by calling to him and having that relationship, being strengthened by him, he's revealed to things I never could have asked or imagined. That he's brought me to places that I would have never gone as a result of calling to him. And that he's continuing to reveal things that are great and mighty and beginning to show those things as that relationship continues. And that comes from a place of communication. The fourth sign of a healthy relationship, of building a healthy relationship with God is faith. And in this faith, faith is knowing that God believes in us before we believed in ourselves. And that we respond in that way. Even if I feel that I've reached a point of no return in my life, that there's no way back at this point in my life. Matter of fact, when we believe that, that's not God who spoke that to you. That's the enemy. And the enemy wants to believe that you've failed so miserably, there's no way back. But the truth is, even at my furthest point from God, I have to be reminded that God is with us. That he's always with us. That he loved me before I loved him. And, and that he makes that way back to, to have that relationship. And it's going to take faith. See, he believes in us. And our response is to believe and trust in him as a result of it. Because he believes in us. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, what, church? It's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, faith is continuing to seek after God no matter what. That's what faith looks like. That there's opposition, that there's circumstances, that there's trials, that there's troubles, that there's a pandemic going on. And what the enemy would want us to do is surrender. Oh, no, you know, I don't have time for this. I'm not going to trust God with my life. I'm going to trust man. But we have to first trust God. Our faith has to be 
in him. When our faith is in him, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Because he brings us to a relationship and, he, and we're walking by that faith as a result of that relationship. And if we have a healthy relationship with God, you know what? All other relationships fall into place. I think sometimes the problem is we make other relationships into God's. And, and if we get this correct, the inward understanding, the rest will take care of themselves because it becomes visible. Because that sign is visible of building a healthy relationship inwardly. Our success to a healthy relationship always starts inward. And the more we let God in, the stronger our relationships will become outward. And we have to allow him into that place in our life. That we have to, we have to work on that relationship with who he is with us first. And as a result of working on that relationship with him and who he is and those signs being visible, that there, there is forgiveness that's visible in our life, that, that there's love that's visible, that there's communication happening that's visible, there's faith that's visible. And you know what I want to see happen as a result of that visibility, of us building a strong relationship with who he is in our lives. I want others around us to encounter us and say, what on earth do you have in your life that I don't have? Well, let me tell you about it. I've been building a relationship with God. Would you like to know how? That others would look and see those very things taking place in our life because we're in that relationship with who he is, that we're fulfilling the thing he called us to do. So building healthy relationships always starts inwardly and starts with us making those signs visible in our life with him first. Now, next week's going to be really exciting. Because next week we're going to talk about building healthy relationships with one another and what that looks like as a result of first building a healthy relationship with God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we know that we fall short in that relationship that you call us to, and, but we want that relationship to be strengthened. We want these signs to be visible, Lord, of a healthy relationship. So help us where we need forgiveness, Lord, to turn. Help us to allow a, 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 that love you have for us first to be fulfilled in how we respond to it with you. Help us in communicating in that relationship through prayer, that conversation that takes place with you. Reveal those things, Lord, to us that we've not seen. Increase our faith, that we'd be people who walk by faith, not by sight. And that others would see that in our lives. And I ask this in your precious name. Amen. Now, it starts with that relationship with who he is first that Peter talked about, Acts 2.19, that there's a repentance, a turning to come into that relationship with who he is. And the Lord is present right now, but you've got to make that decision in your heart of who you're going to follow after. And he invites us into that place and when we come to that place, a time of refreshing begins. We become this new creation as a result of it. But God makes an invitation today. And if you're here and you haven't asked him into your life that way, if you're watching online right now and you haven't asked him in your life that way, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that so you can know him in that way. So what I want you to do is just pray with me. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. 
I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed with me in person or you're watching online, I want you to let us know. Here, if you're in person on your way out, there's a host. You could stop by, see the host at one of the kiosks, and they'll give you some information. If you're online, you can click the button that I just prayed that prayer because what we're committed to is helping you on that pathway to discipleship so you can continue to grow and build that relationship with the Lord. Amen? Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another with the sign of God's peace. Thank you.